Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Hey, Barry. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing well, Michael. How are you this morning? I Late am morning, we should say. Late, late morning, morning, yes, but still... Early or early in my journey towards understanding here. Um, <laughs> early in my journey of understanding. I'm good. I'm um I'll say I'm curious today. I'm uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to our little discussion, but I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure how it's gonna go. Well, I mean it's the wonder of the magic of podcasting, right? It's the magic so it is. You know, so it is. You know, if it wasn't um if it wasn't magic, everyone could do it. But as we know, podcasts, you know, they're rare. They're few and far between. No, who's got one today? <laughs> who's so, got one of those? It's an interesting, I will say this. So today we're talking about Walter Benjamin. And this is, I, I first read him in graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, before you get into your introduction, that when I first, so, so a big part of what we're doing here, right, is we're going to look at what he's done. And the question is going to be, okay, well, what happens if we look at it in our current situation? Yeah, right. When I first read him, mm-hmm. I remember being, and I don't, I don't think this is so much a case of me being a poor student, but I wasn't really sure what to do with it. And mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure why I cared because mm-hmm. the discussion on, so I first mm-hmm. read, we, the, the first thing I read of his was about the flaneur. And I was wildly mm-hmm. taken with that. I thought that was an incredibly cool concept. When I started reading his take on film, which is more of what we're going to do today, I remember mm-hmm. just not caring a whole lot. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is in the 20 plus years that have passed since I first read him. <laughs> did something go wrong with the digital thing? Or it might have. It might have. In, in, in the handful of years that have passed since I first read him, an interesting thing has happened. And this is something we'll dig into today, but I just want to sort of throw it out here as a primer. I feel that, so the technological advances in the past 20 years, 25 years speak for themselves, right? It's a different world. What's interesting is that 20, 25 years ago, I wasn't sure what to do with this essay. Now, with the advance, I actually feel like I have a better handle on how we can how we oh, can nice. approach this. But it's weird because I feel like 20 years ago, hmm. this was sort of the thing that was meh to me. Now, and I'm spoiling everything here, so maybe hit mute and just skip to the end. But I feel like this has become enough of an anachronism in a way that it matters hmm. again. And so that's my primer. Yeah. We're talking wow. about Benjamin and the work of art in the age of its technological reproducibility. Um, that was totally off script, but I just, you know what? Sometimes when the spirit moves you, Barry, you got to go with it. Throw bo- you just throw bombs when that happens. You become a human firecracker when that happens. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, two remarks on that. Uh, the last thing, I, I was visibly startled. Those of you watching on YouTube saw me being uh, visibly startled. Because like someone fired a said, gun behind you. Like someone fired a gun behind me. Um, I was visibly startled because I was startled. Uh, because what you said was really, really in the spirit. You mentioned a paradox that is totally Benjamin. Paradox is this. He, he has a lot elsewhere in his work about the paradox of timeliness. And, which, and, and, and it is 
for Benjamin, art or anything, but especially art, is timely and uncanny ways. So you know what you just said very casually, the paradox, like this is outdated now. So it's relevant because mm-hmm. it's, you know, that that's a paradox, right? Well, but that's very much what, may I finish? May I finish? Yeah, please, please. I did, <laughs> just want to say, I just want to, I wanted to try to compliment you here um, because I was saying that's very much a contradiction in, in Benjamin's spirit because Benjamin was very aware of that paradox that art sometimes by being backward or residual is of the moment, becomes of the moment. I'm excited now. I'm ready. No, well, we'll go. Um, did, I didn't mean well, I didn't interrupt you. You were going to say something. No, I was going to say. I just wanted I, to get that thought about what you said was really very Benjaminian. Yeah, well, I don't want to get stuck in terminological mud. But <clears throat> what what I'm thinking, and again, this is all subject subject to change over the next half hour, mm-hmm. 45 minutes, whatever. Um, but it's it's funny because, and we had talked about this yesterday in sort of hashing out how and what we want to talk about um it's not necessarily that i see him as suddenly being relevant again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so much as it's a case of i want to talk about it now because maybe it's not relevant but it's significant i got in in the sense in in the sense that we're not using that, no, that's not right. The language isn't the same. The language mm-hmm. doesn't translate. But the reasons that the language doesn't translate are, are, prof- are profoundly interesting and relevant. Yeah, and so, um, you know, if, if I've if I've uh, jumped ahead too far, I apologize. But it just I'm, I'm sitting here I'm like, wow, this is this is funny, because the first time I read this, I just didn't care. <laughs> that's um so well so i i just thought you you hit on a really benjaminian moment but you're right um i mean where you what you just said uh that's a forecast of our future that's a prediction of what we're going to talk about in greater mm-hmm. detail so how about i backtrack unless you want to say something else i can oh. backtrack now and let's get us started yeah i, I think that i'm, okay. I'm a bad i'm okay. a bad podcast driver i'll mm-hmm. let you let you do it uh, no, that was a, like a really significant moment because you were very much in the spirit. Um, you were very much in Benjamin's spirit here because in a lot of his work and including the uh, the, the the essay we'll be talking about today, uh, the question of timeliness is temporality, the temporality of technology, the temporality of events. It's really important for him. That, that That's a constant. You put your finger on, you were a great reader of Benjamin and that you anticipated maybe a central, maybe the central strand in his work. Okay, so I'll just gonna do, the, I'm excited to get to our discussion and to discuss some of the things you were already previewing about the ill fit, the significant ill fit or misfit between what Benjamin says about film and our experience of the, the current digital landscape. So I'm gonna try and do this, I'm gonna try and do this briefly, God help us. Please interrupt me if I go on too much and be and I'm too overtly nerd pedagogical. Okay, but context: this is uh, written fairly late in his career, before his um, pretty close to his untimely death. Um, in the 
I believe in 1940. We can check that. I should, you know, I wish I had that at hand. I don't, but this is a kind of late work. He revised it significantly. The essay we're talking about in its newer translation, which we're using, is called The Work of Art in the Age of Its Technological Reproducibility. It was originally in the first major English translation. It was called The Work of Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction. Okay, now let me sort of skip ahead to talk about the main problematic that we're discussing in the essay and name drop, uh, not name drop, but drop a concept drop a few key ideas and terms that he uses that I think we're going to be returning to and updating or discarding or doing something with um, in the episode. So one strand, it's a very complex essay and multi-layered. And by complex, I mean multi-layered. There's a lot of moving parts. For an essay about mechanical reproduction, that's good because it has a lot of moving parts. Okay, number one. One of the strands, uh, one of the major strands is a discussion of the transition here, our obligatory, let's do, let me do my obligatory McLuhan name drop. Take a shot. Uh, because one of the things that is going on in this essay is that broadly considered, Benjamin sketches out transitions within media history. He's interested in the transition between painting and photography. And then a central strand of the essay. And I was mentioning, maybe this was off camera, but I was mentioning that in the second version of the work of art essay, there are all these footnotes, extensive footnotes that talk about cinema and why cinema is different from, say, painting, theater, and photography, all these arts. But a major strand um, in, in the work of art essay is a consideration of film as the big media effing game changer. It's the game changer. Um, and then, okay, so that's the first point. Um, in a discussion of how mechanical reproduction changes the aesthetic experience, film represents, according to Benjamin, he's writing in the 30s. So, you know, when, when cinema is still just getting connected with the studio system, becoming mass produced. I guess it had been mass produced for a couple, you know, for a decade or more. But, you know, things are, it's a dry run. It's a dry run for the, the cultural processes and technological processes that we have today. But Benjamin realized this is a game changer, okay? That's one of the reasons behind the essay. And this is important too. And this is a final point, sort of preparatory point so that that will allow me to talk about the main terms and then I'll, then I'll, I'll stop. Not only is he talking about film, but he wants to defend, this is important to understand the terms, the absorption term and the, um, what was the other Distract, term? Was, distraction. Distraction. It's important. Yeah. And thank you for reminding me of that because that's like, that's the key. But before I talk about those key terms and the relationship between them, I have to say this. So he's concerned in this essay uh, about film being a game changer. This is an important point too. Um, he wants to take the side of film against its tractors, who he thinks are kind of conservative, hidebound, conservative in the worst sense. Like they're trying to hold on to the old 
and they are afraid to embrace the need. So they're cultural conservatives in a bad sense for Benjamin. And Benjamin wants to speak on behalf of what he thinks is the future. And he thinks film is the future. So that's an important, I think, context here. This is a politically laden discussion. What we're about to talk about right now is politically laden. He has his values. He's wearing his values on his sleeve. And his va- he knows there are people who don't like film because it's new and it's fashionable and it's the hot thing. And they prefer their art to be old art, to be traditional art. And so, they don't want to say, and they don't want to say that new art um, is art. They would rather say it's junk. And so he he is speaking as a defender, provocateur against those people. Yeah, I'm sorry. So does so does this then begin in a way as a tension around aesthetics? Mm. In, 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 right. This this is this is a case of. Wait a minute here. I mean, we're not using our. Can you see my thumb? Or absolutely. What um, about the what about the fireworks? There we are. Okay. So th- mm-hmm. this this is a question of aesthetics in the sense that this is tradition, and film violates the. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so this this is really, and I, I think this is an interesting sort of thing to at least set as context here. Yeah. Th- it, it, this is about sort of the nature of art, then the the integrity. Oh of art and it's about aesthetics and what and, what do aesthetics mean right now at this moment okay yeah okay the political meaning of aesthetics political uh, meaning of aesthetics. okay so um let's let's, let's should i go to absorption and and then i'll I'm, then I'll yeah, abso- I'm absolutely let's let's let's, um, let's keep it going but i think it's important to talk about that political context because really if you understand the political context of the debate that if you understand as you said this is a political discussion of aesthetics right Mm -hmm. if you understand that then you can i think it's that's a prerequisite i guess that's a better word for it this is a prerequisite that understanding that that this is an essay about the politics of art and the politics of aesthetics that's a prerequisite for understanding i think the the terms that i'm about to talk about so let's talk about them yes so the critics and I'll try and do this really simply, actually, because we're talking about politics. I think that's going to enable me to do this maybe more simply and more concisely than, and thank God, uh, than I would have done initially. Because a very easy through line would be this. The critics of film don't like it mm-hmm. because it's fashionable. Because they say, you know, the typical moviegoer now remind and, and and maybe we can update this just for a moment. But we're going to get back to the 20s and 30s, but let's update it for a moment. Let's draw an analogy between the current streamer, you know, the current person who's streaming their entertainment and what the critic of streaming, what a critic of streaming might say, streaming television or streaming movies might say of... Uh, about the current digital user consumption of media and what the old school esthete would have said about film. Um, An old school esthete would would have said about film. You know what? I can tell you, I I know why, I'm going to tell you very concretely why film doesn't matter. How many films did you watch this week? Can you tell them apart? Did you watch 10? 
Do you even remember what day you watched them? Did you just go to the theater and watch whatever was playing? Did you show any discrimination of it? Or did you just go to the theater just to be there? That proves to me that's not it. Art requires key term. What was it? Absorption, which means in Benjamin's case, concentration. That's the old way of doing art, is that it required absorption, concentration. You concentrated, you communed with that painting or book. It was an individual process. You knew what you were doing when you were reading. What am I doing? I read this book this week. If you said, I read 10 different books this week, I would say, no, you, you weren't that serious about, you weren't that serious about, you know, concentrating on it. Okay, so uh, I, I think this allows me to wrap it up. So on the one poll, uh, so... Benjamin imagines a conservative critique of film that would say, um, look at how these film people watch movies. They do it in a state of distraction. They can't learn anything possibly from this. They can't, certainly they can't have an artistic experience. And so against that, because Benjamin has a political ax to grind, he wants to say that, you know what, conservative critic of film you say that the critic that the person who goes to movies the person who's streaming is not giving their that thing they're consuming their full attention guess what you can learn through and this is benjamin's turn distraction turns out distraction it's not the same as concentration and absorption but according to benjamin it is something that allows the artistic, whatever, artistic consumer, I'm using that in a, the person who interacts with art, it allows them a way of learning from the artwork, of being mm -hmm. absorbed from it. Even though it's not absorption in the traditional sense, they are ingesting still. Something I learned from this particular edition, great effing notes. You know how that, did you see the note about what, um, I, I don't remember the German word, but do you remember um, there was a note in the theory of, what were we talking about, theory of distraction essay? Mm -hmm. There's a note in there. I don't remember the German word, but the German word, I don't remember the exact German word, but um, there was a helpful note that said absorption in German. The German word for absorption means ingestion. Hmm. A common meaning for absorption is ingestion. And that really is Benjamin's argument that, you know what, you can still ingest. It's kind of a material learning, an ambient learning, that you can still get a kind of education from distraction that is different in kind, but not different in terms of quality or importance or significance from from absorption, the, the the participation in the work of art that requires absorption. Okay, that's okay. probably too so, much, but you know. No, but it, it, it raises it, it raises some interesting questions, and there's one more term that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, uh, that I think. Uh, what did I forget? But I, but I want. Well, uh, but I want to oh. ask you just a quick question. The yeah. argument against film, against yes, film, sir. Yes, is, sir. is is that it is too fashionable. 
because mm-hmm. of the the nature of the engagement then this is not a concern that film is too egalitarian so much as it is that it is too quick so is this a question um, then that's a great point let me tell you something mm-hmm. let me tell you something ben and this this gets back to the political political values here and the political debate that's going on very closely underneath the surface, maybe not even under the surface. Benjamin felt my, I mean, that was a brilliant point because you, you penetrated something that is very, very important about the essay. Here's what it is. The critics, Benjamin felt that the argument about fashionability and modishness, he felt that that argument was a cover kind of covert criticism of egalitarianism. This is one of the reasons why he's defending cinema. He assumes that these conservative critics of cinema, they're saying one thing, but what they really mean is, I hate the masses. Yes, and I think I think there's probably something... So those things are connected, in Benjamin's mind, criticizing modishness or defending the modishness or fashionability is a way of calling out the conservative critic and saying, hey, I know you're saying this, but what you really mean is you hate the people who look at the same things you do. That's really what you mean. Okay. So there's um, I, I, all the same. I think there's an interesting notion or an interesting sort of notion um, parallel between the arguments against art and our current situation. And even if the egalitarianism is a sort of subtext here, the mm. major text that we're looking at has to do with consumption over a short amount of time. It is speed. It is the pace yeah. with which oh, we consume. Yeah. And sure. in, in terms of looking at the argument and saying, okay, now what happens when we place this in our current media landscape? I think that's an interesting thing to keep in mind is that the argument against film is at least connected to the rate at which we consume film as opposed to oh, more yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. forms. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. with that as backdrop, there's one last term. If we're talking about distraction, sure. and we're talking about sure. absorption. Um, the other term, and I'm curious as to how you see this, because I'm torn on how I read Benjamin, is oh. about aura. And oh, yeah, this and this has to do, obviously, with his arguments about the reproducibility of media. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he talks about is this notion of authenticity and of aura and the problem. So as I understand him, when we're talking about aura, what we're talking mm-hmm. about is the sort of extracurricular experience that we have that you don't get with the reproduction, right? Why do you so, call it extracurricular? I get the extra. Well, why? what does curricular mean? Well, I, okay. So I look at this in terms of if we're going to contextualize this in uh-huh. a uh-huh. sort of classist argument yeah. where uh-huh. our uh-huh. art is the province of the elite who know, and this is why there is oh, okay. a tension against egalitarianism. 
this is maybe it's not the appropriate term, but I see this part of this sort of. No, I, 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 okay. I, I, I just was trying to understand that it wasn't the word that came to mind. So, you know me, I freak out easy. OK, easy. deep breaths, deep breaths. Yeah. So so the the problem for Benjamin is that when we reproduce art, we yeah. lose the aura. Aura. Right. And so I read this and maybe I missed it here. But I read this as a bit of an issue for him. And if he is the, you know, because his argument about film mm -hmm. is that everything about a film scene sure. is so carefully managed and curated, yeah. right? That you are, as a viewer of film, allowed to sit here. You cannot sit anywhere else but this spot because what this spot does, the camera spot the camera it, spot. it obscures yes it obscures all of the experts and all of the mechanisms behind the reproduction and it gives you a false sense of the real but that false sense is lacking one critical element and that is the aura the experience of being there so you have essentially a false experience that is exact in every way other than the fact that it is completely curated it is a mm -hmm. mashup of multiple takes. There is nothing authentic to this and mm -hmm. you don't ever get the sense of the real. So I mm -hmm. actually read his take mm -hmm. on film and I, I guess I'm saying is maybe did I overread the significance of aura? You hardly overread the significance of aura because I was about to say that for generations before us, if there were that many generations before before me, I don't know if there were, but let's assume there was at least one. Okay. At least one. And after the writing of this essay, for generations before us, and certainly for generations after us, uh, you know, if the world persists, they have been debating what you just said. Mm -hmm. the The single largest discussion point, critical, you know, the, the secondary sources on this piece of criticism they're all worrying about the question so you hardly overstated benjamin's attitude to aura is the same is arguably the thing that most agitates and puzzles readers of this essay because he seems to be really effing divided mm -hmm. on the aura yeah so what you so are you right to think it's uh He's ambivalent about it. I mean, that, that was another way I understood that. That was, I thought, the question that was at the heart of your statement is like, am I right to think he's ambivalent about it? Sometimes it seems really positive. Sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think he is ambivalent about it. I think, you know, I was talking about, we were talking about before that in this version, you know, there's a couple rewrites. We see some draft um we see some drafty writing, you know, first takes or second takes or third takes on some of the section arguments that are included in here. I think mm -hmm. one of the reasons why this was so difficult. So what does that mean? He found it difficult to unify, right? He found it right. very difficult to unify what's going on. And I think one of the reasons, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm just stating uh, what seems to be the consensus, the critical consensus on this essay among Benjamin scholars and theory readers, the consensus is that one reason why he might have found this difficult to write is because he was ambivalent. 
about what it means uh, for aura to go away. On the other hand, let me say this. One last thing. Just one Mm -hmm. last point on this directly related to your question. While his um, while his take on the aura is something that critically, you know, famously disputed among his readers. One thing that I think, especially in reading more recently, some of the alternate versions, the alternate take, the remix. No, it's not a remix. It's an alternate take uh, of um, the mechanical reproducibility. Tech, what is it? Technological reproducibility, I say. One of the things that's really obvious to me is he 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 really does want to champion film. He loves mm-hmm. film. He thinks film is a revolutionary form of media. He thinks film and photography are game changers in the art biz, in the media biz. They're game changers. So while he goes back and forth on aura, I would say that he doesn't really go back and forth on film. And he thinks people who say, oh, wow, film, I hate it for all these reasons. He doesn't, he really is opposing that. I think he's strongly opposing that. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the significance of aura and authenticity are obviously interrelated and connected, right? Like to be authentic is to be real and to be real is to have the aura. And so the problem that seems to spring to mind is that if you have a reproduction or a copy, right, you do not have the original source and the original source is the only thing that has an aura. So if if we take that, so we've got so much preamble now, right? If we take this basic, this idea, that the real is the thing that the authentic thing has the aura and any sort of reproduction now is problematized in terms of its authenticity as it relates to aura. We have a question of how does this look in a 21st century media? And I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I didn't think much of this when I read it 25 Mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, if we think about where we are now, right? Mm -hmm. So 25 Mm -hmm. years ago, what do we have? We have CDs and we have CD burners in their nascent stages, right? It's Mm -hmm. doable, but it's kind of a pain. We're still buying stuff. This is uh, right before or right on the bleeding edge of Napster Napster and all the sharing. So the idea of reproducibility wasn't nearly what it is now you could copy and distribute but it was still very local Mm -hmm. and the interconnectedness of not just art or media but of all things Mm -hmm. well let's i don't even want to use that phrase let me start this over art media all things were still very fractured we did not have Mm -hmm. nearly the connectedness that we have now Mm -hmm. so in looking at it then, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting, I'm thinking, okay, great. So what? Who cares? Authenticity. This is great. We have reproductions. You can take a picture. Digital film was still a relatively new thing, right? Like we had it, but it wasn't where it is. Mm-hmm. I look at it now and let me, so I want to just read a quick line that will sort of um, 
This is from an article called uh, an A to Z, an A to Z of theory, Walter Benjamin art, aura and authenticity by mm -hmm. Andy McLaverty Robinson in ceasefire. And the line that I want to pull out of this says, so he's talking about this essay and he says for Benjamin, contemplation is a kind of domination by the author. The work of mm -hmm. art absorbs the audience in contrast, mm -hmm. distraction involves the audience absorbing the work of art. So in the distinction between uh, distraction and, my God, I'm as bad as you are now, um, distraction and absorption, right? We live in a world that is so fully saturated that media, art, film, literally is used as the sort of the thing that fills the gaps if you will there is it is so nearly impossible to find a space where this is not there mm -hmm. and the idea of authentic or original is just it, it's anathema to the world we live in right i used to be able to go buy a cd mm -hmm. and at least pretend that that cd was the source or if I go back before that, I could buy a record. And that was the original version. Everything we live in is now digitized. Mm -hmm. It is made. So everything is a copy. Absolutely. Everything is made to be shared or distributed. There is this, this whole notion of authentic is really, really difficult to wrap your head around, right? Mm -hmm. So if I go back to um, you know th th that line I just read, you think about what this is, right? For Benjamin, contemplation is a kind of domination by the author. The work of art absorbs the audience, right? You are absorbed into this work. Mm -hmm. It is central and it literally, you, you are called in or pulled mm -hmm. in, right? In contrast, mm -hmm. distraction involves the audience absorbing the work of art. What else is life now than 24-7 distraction? Mm. Like, so I said earlier, like, I, oh, I find this very, very interesting now because I feel like the notion of the distinction between original and copy mm. is, mm. is, is almost, it's hard to conceive of because mm -hmm. what is original, right? Mm -hmm. When, when something mm. makes its way into the public, it is two things happen, right? It is immediately co-opted or absorbed, mm -hmm. right? And then it mm -hmm. is immediately appropriated or changed mm -hmm. or used to a particular end. So, I almost feel like this discussion of film or, I mean, think, okay, so use film as an example, right? What happens with film? It gets chopped into stills. The stills become memes. They become symbolic of other things. They take on meanings as they are sort of excised. Circulated. From yeah, but not just, but see, they're not circulated as a whole. What the technology has done is it has enabled mm -hmm. us to do, to, to reverse engineer Mm -hmm. The thing that Benjamin was so incredibly conscious of, right? That this is a fabrication, mm -hmm. okay? So this scene that you have in a movie sits you in this particular perspective, forces you into this perspective, and you now see what you are told, what you are intended to see, right? Mm -hmm. Our current version of this reverse engineers that, where we take these scenes, we take these moments, and we are able to take them out of context. We take the historical moment where we're concerned about, well, what was this actor doing? What was this person trying to achieve? Where was this done? What effects are being used? Then you also take the moment and you, you, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to verb this here, right? You, you turn it into a meme, you meme it. The, the, the work of art is no longer a, 
we no longer are encouraged to see it as a unified singularity. It's like we are, even if we don't intend to do this, our, our, our environment fractures it for us. And so not only can you not talk about an authentic, it's difficult to even consider the copy as mm-hmm. a stable, as a stable entity. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I guess I look at this and I'm really intrigued because I think it's important to take his perspective as a starting point for a mm-hmm. different kind of discussion about what we do with art. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I am. I, I don't know that there's a second follow-up to that. You know, I, I, I like what, so, so this question of aura and distractibility, like mm-hmm. every, everything is distraction. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the notion of aura seems to be an anachronism. Like what, what, what is that sort of, external thing that grants legitimacy. Do we care about that anymore? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have something to say about distraction and I, um, and I have something to say about aura. I don't know if they connect, which would you prefer me to talk about? Or should I I just do both and I don't care about connecting? They don't need Doesn't to matter. connect. They don't need right? to connect. Okay. Well, let me say so. Two two responses about um, particular some particular specific points in your discussion thread right now. So the first point: everything. So your your first point is that if film, if cinema represented in the nineteen twenties and thirties, tell me the if this is a fair extrapolation, what you're saying. Benjamin is talking about cinema and cinema is a game changer because it encourages distracted modes of response. And Benjamin wants to say, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first response to your argument, you seem to say now that it's not just film, it's everywhere we go, that in a way, everything is, we're distracted all the time, 24 seven. Correct. Um, and distracted response is 24 seven. So now you're saying that. So I'm now going to try to answer the, what Benjamin might say about this. So, so you, you just explain, you know, Walter, you beamed into 2022, what, you know, what you thought was kind of peculiar to film or the glory of film of cinema is now kind of generalized everywhere and experienced everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what is Walter, how does Walter respond? I think I'm going to ventriloquize him, which is bad um, and stupid and foolhardy, but I'll do it. I, I would say that it's possible that he would say, fine, great, distraction now rules. Awesome. Technological reproducibility has reached another term. He may not think it's an aesthetic crisis. Comment? See, I well, I, this is an interesting question because if you go back to where we started with the question of egalitarianism, mm-hmm. right? I think that you can look at it now, and the argument over the accessibility of art. Mm-hmm. Looks different because we don't see these things. Like I think it's almost come full circle back, right? Film now 
has become the property of uh, it's 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 the property of the masses. Oh, no. Like, well, okay. what what what? So it, it always like, was. But wait a minute, right. no, I I don't agree with that. He he is saying that it always was, and that's right. what people don't like about. It. Right, okay. right. Hold on, hold on. What I'm saying is this: so, but I don't think there's many people arguing that film for the masses is bad. Is art? Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Uh -huh. I mean, like you I know, it, it's funny. I remember having a conversation with my brother who works in film. And mm -hmm. he was he was he was bemoaning the state of the industry, saying, you know, no interesting movies get made because mm -hmm. the financial risk is too high. Right. Mm -hmm. You can make a Marvel movie or a James mm -hmm. Bond movie and know and before you know, you know, before you spend a penny that you're going to make a ton of yeah. money on it. Right. So okay. you don't see the mass produced films are not art and art films are profoundly difficult to watch. For the masses. So in, in a way, mm -hmm. I think that the initial discussion about, you know, Benjamin championing film as an art form and the, uh, you know, the conservative old guard saying, no, this is not good. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I, I think we've come back. I think we may have come to a point where film has media in general has become so pervasive that in mm -hmm. order to get it back to art. Mm -hmm. it's 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 inaccessible to the masses to a point where film maybe never was i don't know if i talk myself in a circle here well i don't know if i heard an answer to my question of so what if distraction rules everything did you did you respond to that answer i mean what you basically said you moved to my second point my second question was that i didn't you know i didn't ask but the the question my other question based on your your reading I was going to ask what this has to do with aestheticism. I was going to question whether or not art and aestheticism and authenticity are really that far away from our contemporary discourses. But I don't want to go there. Um, no, but you know, let me let me just, yeah. let me take a second yeah. shot. So you sure. know, there's been a pull for me to bring Bernard Stiegler. And okay. his idea okay. of noesis into this discussion. Okay. Yeah. And if I look at the quote again, for Benjamin, contemplation is a kind of domination by the author. The work of art absorbs the audience, right? right? So there has to be an element of contemplation, right? We, we, we. Oh, so it can't be all distraction. It can't be. It can't be all distraction. Okay. And, okay. And, and, gotcha. And so if that's the case and we live, in a world that is defined by distraction, right? So I think two things happen. I think one, it pushes art to the margins because it's not distraction. And in pushing it to the margins and requiring contemplation, it moves that much further again still because we're ill-equipped to contemplate. Why would we? So I think okay, okay. Answer... I, I I think I see that that I think is an answer to my question. You're thinking that actually oh, uh, tell me if I, I got think, it I, right. I, I, Go ahead. I, I think he would say you guys killed film. That had such promise. And there because because he can't be he's not making the again, maybe I misread this, but he's making the argument for film as a viable art. Yeah, it's viable art, though. Yeah, I mean, yes, 
he definitely believes it's an art form. I guess the only thing I would say, though, is that he does realize that there is something about the nature of film aesthetics that requires, if you, if you say that, if you say that film is an art form, you're going to have to do, redefine what art forms do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to redefine how we receive them because we receive film in a state of distraction. So if you say, but it's still art, which is what he does, I agree with you. He is, he is saying that. Well, it's still art. Here, here's the thing. I think Benjamin is not saying that we receive the work of, that we receive, we respond to film in a state of distraction, but it's art anyway. He's saying something a little bit more challenging and a little bit more provocative. He's saying, we receive film in a different modality. And if we still believe there's something aesthetic about film, we have to redefine the mode of reception to accommodate non-thinking, distraction, uh, non-concentration. That's a more provocative argument, and, and I think more contrary to the Stiegler argument. Well, so here's, I, I do, um, and maybe I'm just going to play spin the wheel and find your favorite philosopher here. But <laughs> okay, it's a fun I, game. I, I, I wonder if it's not art so much as it's become, and this maybe brings back into into the discussion, the question of aura, which we've abandoned for the time being. Let's bring it back for a second, right? Okay. If okay. there is an aura to art, mm-hmm. okay, I wonder if he wouldn't look at contemporary film and say, this is not art, this is technique, this is technique. This is a hmm. way of framing a moment that is more that is certainly That's a great point you know and so um I, I'm, I'm not saying that so to, just to be clear lest we That's get also, lest, lest we get all sorts of you know hateful comments on this i'm not saying that film cannot be art i'm saying that in terms of its reproducibility its commercial That's viability that 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 i think and 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 so technique becomes more a question of distraction whereas art with the aura becomes more of an issue of absorption so i see it as having been split and this again comes down to certain economic realities and again the ease of reproducibility and dissemination mm-hmm uh, I like I like that point a lot. I wonder if I wonder if one of the indeterminacies of the essay is that Benjamin realized what you said that art is much more of a techne. He uses that term. He Did is he? aware of the Greek term. He uses it somewhere. I don't know if he used it maybe in the second version more. Um, he doesn't use it in the theory of distraction. Many fragment but i think he uses it in the second version of the reproducibility essay i believe maybe i'm wrong he uses mimesis for sure but Mm -hmm. but anyway just not to not to digress too much just to go directly to your point 
I think he has a solid awareness of what you do, that film is closer to a techne than it is to an art in the mm -hmm. traditional conception. And maybe he couldn't, and while he wants to embrace a definition of artist techne, maybe he's too wedded. We're talking about, you mentioned his conflicts or his ten the tensions in his thinking. Maybe this is an example of it. Maybe while he realizes that techne is crucial to what, to understand film and what it is, you have to bring in techne, techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe he's uncomfortable with that. Maybe he's uncomfortable. So the other the other possibility to get back to what you said earlier about need, needing a new means of, I forget how you put it, but needing a new means of engagement here. I, I, I wonder... Is that fair? Is that does that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I wonder if maybe our notion of distraction has somehow changed. changed. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I mean, thinking that, that when you were talking about distraction and it being everywhere, I do think we slightly. I, I agree with you, right? And so, I I began to I started to suspect that what we mean by distraction is a little bit different, something different from Ben. Mm -hmm. So this gets uh, I'm going to jump ahead to the end and talk about my sort of takeaway here with this because I fear <laughs> that if we go much further, we're just going to dig deep. So Final into the bottom of the earth. The I, I said I said at the start I find this interesting again <clears throat> right and i don't know exactly where to put the, the the focus of the interest but i find that this is a discussion that's worth having in terms of where we are now because film and art is no longer accessible only in the museum or in the theater it is it's ubiquitous Right. And given its massive availability, right, uh, we, we have to look at it differently, as, as, as we've been saying. So what's what's fascinating to me about this is that the notion of reproduction is now synonymous with just the notion of production. Right. We don't produce that's, a one off. That's a great that's a very compact way of saying what I think you were <laughs> arguing earlier. I like that. Mm -hmm. So. So I, I think that <clears throat> what happens with, with, with the essay is that the ideas in it still hold, but the entire structure of the argument needs That's to changed. change. And yeah. then the question is, how do you change it? And what do you change? And then if we change part A, how does that change part B? I mean, I think this is a fantastic mm -hmm. opportunity. If, if somebody wants to do it, I think this is a fantastic idea to really to, to try and update this essay and look at what does it mean to reproduce could be a whole lot of fun because everything's it, it still works but it all has to change which is a weird thing to I say love that. i love that uh, that sounds like a very good ending point i'll say something ancillary to it but i mean i think that's our that's our final point is that we want to throw this essay back out to readers and have them think about, um, yeah. you know, how they would update some of these key terms. What is abstraction, absorption, distraction, 
aura mean in a more fully, like Michael was eloquently describing, a more fully digitized world where the question, the distinction between the re, uh, between the representation and the copy, um, the original and the copy is just like completely effaced, mm-hmm. utterly effaced. I, I'll just, uh, so I think that's our, that's our ending point. I, I'm just going to do a little quick postscript, if I may, um, to say something that your comments kind of left me with or to, you know, are leaving I'm, I'm going to ponder this after your comments. I started thinking about the, you know, you said in passing about, you know, you talked about the end of the original, which is obviously correct. I mean, now our museums are online, right? <clears throat> every museum has an online version, right? And every painting shop. gallery, every gift, and it has a gift shop, right? Where they sell you a reproduction. So, so consumption is sort of built into the absorption experience, right? That's mm-hmm. another way in which this has changed. <clears throat> Nonetheless, I wonder if authenticity is harder to kill and aura is harder to destroy or dismantle than even Benjamin thought. And here is, I'm just going to, I don't know if I can think of too many examples of this, but I wanted to pose the example of music. Mm-hmm. Because I think right now, obviously, digital reproduction of music, streaming music, represents the ultimate, the bleeding edge, the cutting edge of what you've been talking about, Michael, the um, the, the transformation of the musical ritual, music ritual into a reproductive consum- commodity, into a commodity that can be produced in and re, you know, produce and recirculate, et cetera, and bought and sold. But here's the thing, and maybe the answer to this is that it's only true of a couple people. But there are two ways in which this reproducibility, in which aura is being fought at the zenith of the digital age, right? With music, there are two ways in which. I think there are two rear guard actions going on. One of them we've talked about often, uh, often in this space. We've talked about the ways in which, and I won't talk much about it here because we have, but we talked about the ways in which vinyl, buying vinyl, even though it's still within the level of the commodity, you're purchasing things, you're purchasing a copy, not an original, but but that seems to be a way of slowing down, hindering the process of, uh, of, of hindering the death of aura. But we talked about that often. So I'll just end with this one particular example. Well, can, I, can I jump in sure, and just please, add one course, thing to your example? You, sure. you make a really interesting point. And I think that when we do slow music down in our consumption, vinyl is a good example of this. But you can even do this with streaming is hmm. we can we can yeah i think you can you can still recreate i mean ev- you can still have an experience with the music that moves through the you. playlist right yeah, yeah yes yeah, yeah. and 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 through that through that sort of emotional you can stirring, personalize it you can personalize it and then you have your own subjective response that you and maybe that's maybe that's what happened maybe that's what happened to aura and now the question of authenticity becomes a personal 
distinction. And we say rather than before. No, go ahead. But I I I just realized why I I heard this before. I was going to say now maybe the question of authenticity ceases to be the work of art and now it just becomes the province of the artist. Maybe the artist is authentic because their music has moved me and the experience is okay. Yeah, so no, I think you, you, I, didn't mean, you're, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just want to say that all of a sudden when you said that, I, I had a flashback to a former episode, but go ahead. No, that's it. I was just going to say, I think your example of music with vinyl is really good because what it does is it gives you a window to understand that perhaps aura is now and authenticity are individual experiences. And so yeah. if you get back to this whole discussion of the egalitarianism of art, well, what could be more open to the public than saying, hey, here is an individual yeah. opportunity so yeah. so yeah well said very good job well well i i mean i i was riffing off of what you said and and the other and the other thing is i think i was thinking i started thinking about in your comment started thinking about our earlier episode on wendy chun because doesn't she sort of make that move that yeah. it becomes personalized and everything becomes the you right we were talking uh-huh. about chun's you mm-hmm. um <clears throat> that incessant personalization in update. a sense, is an attempt to update him, is an attempt to recreate or I mean, it's what it's other things as well, but maybe it could be read as that. Let me, I don't want us to go longer, but let me just mention my other example, um, the last example. And we don't, we don't have to talk about it here, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, the other place where we might be reconstituting aura is that even in the midst of streaming, or I'll put it another way, even in the midst of streaming culture, the concert might be another place where um, there's a residual attachment. There's a kind of residual magic, as it were, that it still accrues to a live performance. And that might be one foothold or residue of authenticity. I, I think without question, my only hesitation there would be is uh, if we now move art into performance. Yeah. Uh, have we changed the dynamic <laughs> right. to a degree right. that, but, but then do you know, what about the, the bootleg or the live recording? So it's, I, Oh yeah. We don't escape this. We no, don't escape no. this network. You're right. You're right. You're right. But you know, I think it's, we should mention this or to bring it all together. All the examples we just talked about recently, just mm-hmm. in this last couple of minutes, yeah. all the examples there, I would characterize them. I think we're trying to characterize them not as like, oh, it's the return of the aura. Mm-hmm. It's it's most it's like gestures toward the return, attempts well, to return, the reconfiguring of the yeah, aura. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, it isn't like, oh man, we got aura, but it's no, it's no, a- no, no, no. I think what we got is a hot mess, and um... <laughs> we got a hot mess. But, you know, it's interesting. So I, I think, um, yeah, I, I the, the problem and the beauty with with a discussion like this is that in terms of trying to update something that is relying on maybe that is resistant to being updated, but requiring to be discussed. Updated. I mean, this is this, yeah. it, it, it's right. this 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 essay really fills a weird little spot Um I, and I, again, I guess I just turn over and say this would be an interesting thing. I, I think if I was a. If I was a graduate student, I think I would be like, this is this is something I'm going to write. So, Barry, again, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Michael. Well Good done. Discussion. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, for all you of you. You provoke thought in me. You provoke uh, that's, thought. 
<laughs> and hopefully we provoke thought in those of you listening and or watching. So if you would, please yes. uh, leave a review, like us, do all the fun digital stuff that needs to be done. And uh, have a lovely day, Barry. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it always. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com. Thank you.